This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Yeah, come on, Matt, let's commit ourselves to this. All right. Push that button. We're on. Button's pushed. I think. There's no going back, folks. It's the afternoon on a beautiful day. Um, it's gorgeous out there. Gosh. Suddenly spring has gone. Gosh. Gosh. Gosh, it's good out there. Yes. Um, dare I say it, before it gets stupidly hot, this could be mm. the best day for a picnic. And while there's still oh, right, yes. green grass to sit on. Yes. <laughs> it burns away yeah, it might be in good. the depths of January. Yeah, so before you have to get the asbestos uh, picnic blanket yes. <laughs> Hey, isn't this great, kids? It's the thermally rated, yeah. My brain's bubbling. <laughs> anyway, no, we shouldn't. Black humour. No, Cameron Smith. That. Yes, Matt. Pitt. How Matt are Stedman. you? How are you? I am pretty good. Excellent. Pretty good. Uh, was down the great uh, grey ribbon that runs down to the west. You went down highway number one. Yeah, Geelong. Yes. Geelong. Uh, G-Town. G-Town. Geelong extravaganza. I was part of that, which was uh, kind of good. Food fest. There's stuff going on down there. I saw uh, your compadre on that trip, Matt Wilkinson, tweet that it could be the new hot food destination in Victoria over the next couple of years. He's an intelligent guy. Bit cheeky at times. Yeah. Bit cheeky. True. But uh, he's got a brain, and uh, what he says is uh, is probably true. There is a a degree of truth in that. There's um, a few places that uh, I went to... Not many. Didn't mm-hmm. have much time, really. Mm. I was only over there overnight. But mm. um, one place I did see, which uh, um, we talk about a little bit at Market Report. We are going to do Market Report with John. was yes. a place called the Little Green Corner, 42 Little Ryrie Street. And from the outside, I showed you a picture. It just yes. looks like a really old, rude, working-class pub. Two-story, so. yes. very small. Yes. Uh, no ornamentation. No. On, no, we can't afford any of that no. sort of stuff. Painted green, the, hence the name. R. And uh, But inside, completely contemporised. It's hip. Is that a right word? Can yeah, I don't know. We'll go with it. Here you go. Yeah. You're nice. Um, and um, I'll tell you what I had, but you'll have to wait till market report. But uh, can you just uh, take that down? Because I think I have a little brain fade while mm. I'm talking to John going, oh, it's called the little green something. But, little uh, green corner. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll edit that in. <laughs> yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll fix it. <laughs> fix it in post. <laughs> um, and also Cartel Roastery, uh, 1 James Street, Geelong. Mm. Um, amazing. Really? Amazing. Right. I said that once, didn't I? I said it again. Um, Great, fabulous interior, great food, beautiful coffee. They're all, you know, serious about what they're doing. And you were saying Geelong kind of reminded you of Melbourne 30 years ago in as much as rents are pretty cheap. There's lots of vacancy. It's easy to get places. You can drive without... You can drive without swearing at the traffic. You can you can you can cross the main street and stand in the middle for a while without losing your life. (laughs) That's all right. Yes. Um, but, yeah, great changes are about to, to hit it. But, anyway, um, 12.05 here on Triple R. Mm. Had a ball in Geelong, mm. um, and the, the day went really, really well. So, thank you, Geelong. Um, had, had a lot of fun. Did you meet the mayor? <laughs> no. Excellent. Dickhead. It's probably, it's probably the best way to leave it. Such a dick, isn't it? Only bad thing about Geelong. You know, they say about, you know, we, we were ruled by the wrong kind of people that are sort of attracted to the job, you know. Exhibit sort of people. A. Exhibit A, you know. 
you know, narcissistic. Uh, oh, let's not. Don't take Shall me down that on? road. Yes. Let's, um, I'm back in track. We're doing yeah. a quick Yui handbrake U-turn. Yes. We're back. Um, yes, we've got a food show going on. First of all, some Cheerios uh, mm. to people. Um, uh, old buddy of mine, Simon Ford, said g'day. Said we must catch up. All right, we're going to do that. Mm. Don't hate on me, all you other people that are saying, what are you doing that for? And also, um, uh, my buddy on Ontario Lake, I don't know if he's... Uh, not Ontario Lake, oh, on the lakes anyway. Mm. Um, the the, the Gila Fleur. Uh, up there in Ontario, Canada, and anybody else, uh, all you people that are listening on the stream, or maybe time shifting, yes, as you can, ready on demand, ready on demand. It's uh, it's a good thing. Hey, I should say also say just before we jump in, a big thank you to the scientists for sixty minutes of awesomeness, and a huge thank you to Kent for um, pushing the buttons last week. He's Him, not, he's that not listening. Guy. Is he listening? He's not listening. Kent, are you there? No, no, he's no. not. He's helping someone. <laughs> See, he's that sort of guy. He just there's no off. He's switch. going. Yes, I'll help you with your phone. Oh, I don't know my settings. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, he's a great Samaritan, and he was an awesome panel operator. Excellent. So thank you for that. Because we were stuck on the Gold Coast last week, and uh, stuck on the Gold Coast. No, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> Surfers Paradise. It reminded me, <laughs> like Geelong. Uh, well, you would rather spend a month in Geelong than a night on Surfers. I would say to you, not really? my favorite place in the world. Really? Did you buy some ice while you were there? Uh, no. <laughs> No, no, I don't no. think you oh. did. I have no witty comeback to that. No, I did not. No, just uh, le- left the meth alone for the night. <laughs> yes, no, I was talking about the the bags of ice you could buy for your drinks. That oh, going to make. Yeah. Yes, um, on today's show, Duncan Buchanan heading. He must be heading down the road still. Duncan is a winemaker. Duncan is a those. winemaker. Duncan was part of the plonk team. He was many years ago. Uh, one of the great wine communicators of um, of this great. Brown land. Yes, he's based on the Moynton Peninsula and is somewhere between there and here right now. We would suspect. I hope he doesn't get caught in the marathon traffic. I warned him. Good. Jess Ho is uh, someone not to be taken lightly. She's chilling in the green room. Ferociously intelligent. Right. Great. Uh, oh, just a great identity within this industry, I guess we could say. Yes. Uh, was part of the uh, the phenomenal success of Chin Chin. She is now working in a place that is small. She's now working in small because that's the name of the place. Yes. It's next to St. Ali. And we're going to talk to her about, um, well, just, well, oh, we'll just have a chat and see where it goes, I reckon. I think that's the next one. Huh? Yes. That's good. Yeah. John, Mark. John, yes. 20 golden minutes of He's still uh, there. recipes, opinions. We talked a little bit about where it would be in its future. You had trouble uh, finding him this morning. You had to wonder where in the market. Because he wasn't in that spot. Yeah. And I went, well, he's not there. And I talked to his daughter and went, I don't know, he's probably yeah. in food. So, yeah, that's it. Um, I think we've covered off most of our things. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Talked about the good things that I saw. Also, the Hot Chicken Project in Geelong. Didn't get to try that. Really? But there's a lot of people talking about that. The Hot Chicken Project? Yeah. Sounds like a, like a prog rock band. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Coming to it with a CD for you. <laughs> uh, today's food quote. I yes. found one. It's not bad. Mm. They say... That too many cooks may spoil the broth. I've heard that. But it only takes one to burn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, what, see what they did there? Yes. Yeah. And that was, uh, who's that? Madeline Bingham. The bad cook's guide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, must read, yes. and also, uh, very, very quickly, St. Uh, Richard Gwynne, patron of large families. Good on you. Mm. Good on you. 12.09, getting towards 12.10. It is a beautiful Sunday. Hope you're out there enjoying it. Um, <laughs> hope you get uh, get a picnic happening. Yeah, why not? I think it sounds good. Or if or, not, just stay in and listen to us. Or, I don't know, put a blanket out in the backyard if you've got one. Hey. Sit on the veranda. Get some sun. Nice. It's good for your vitamin D, yes. apparently. 
Shall we pay some mortgage? Uh, well, we probably have to, don't we? I think so. Yes, we're duty bound. 12.11 here on 3 Triple RFM on what is could be described as just the glorious mm. Sunday. Are you digging it? Are you out in it? Are you just in bed looking out at it? That's okay too. I'm sure there's a lot of people in hospitality that are probably doing that going, I can feel my feet. Uh, <laughs> do you ever get that problem, Jess? Every day. Every day. It's like, oh my God, start it again. Pretty much. It's like this- Groundhog Day, except everyone else is drunk. Yeah. It's like, what What did I do wrong here? I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I should be the one that's like that. Jess, thank you for joining us. You're... You said you're opening up. Smalls is open today, is it? Yeah, we're seven days a week. Uh, basically, Monday to Friday, we do lunch and dinner, and on the weekends, it's 3 p.m. onwards because, you know, it's South Melbourne. Everyone just wants eggs in the morning. Uh, well, I was the home of the eggs when you think about, um, what was it, Cafe Sweethearts? It was one of the first bespoke breakfast places in this free country of ours. What is a bespoke breakfast? Well, probably uh, maybe a poached egg that's had its bum wiped so that it's not leaking on your bread. That might be a good start. We have a, a good sauce on top. Because for me, that is the thing that... Oh, no, I'm not going to turn into grumpy old man. I won't. But I do. But you know when you get a poached egg and it's all soggy on the bottom and then it soaks through oh, the bread? Yeah. Not good. But anyway, we're not here to talk about not-so-good poached eggs. You... Yes. Yes. Um, a lot of people might know you, and just to uh, position you, I'll just quickly talk about those days because they are just those days now, in, just in the, in the back corner now, chin chin. Yes. What was that like? And well, first of all, what was your role within Chin Chin was 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 quite integral, wasn't it? Yeah. Basically, uh, the beginning of Chin Chin was Chris Lucas going. I'm starting up a Thai restaurant. We want to keep it authentic. It's going to be in the city. We don't know what we're doing. Can you help us? Right. Well, basically... There's an open brief, yeah. Not as in we don't know what we're doing in terms of the restaurant, but they specifically didn't want to do PR, and they knew that social media was going to be a big thing. So they were like, we hear that you're good on social media and, you know, you're pretty divisive and you know how to work the floor. How do we get you involved? And... and and, and, and you've and you've got staying power, and you'll probably stay on the floor anyway. Yes, pretty much. Because it was it was pretty brutal that that time, wasn't it? Well, the thing was when it opened, uh, their Friday night projections were kind of yeah. uh, very conservative compared to what it is now. Their Friday night, what they projected at the beginning, is probably the equivalent of half of what they do on Monday lunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So when the doors opened. Uh, for the first couple of weeks, we were just constantly running out of food. And I don't think I've ever said the word no so many times to people. And it's my favourite word. Oh, no. Okay. I, I, I can see you saying it too because you do it so well while looking someone straight in the eye and just go, just try it. But what do you put the success down to? Because it's quite strange how some places are just phenomenally successful from bang, day one. What what was it about, or what is it about that place? Well, I think for that place, not only is it geography, but it's a great team. It's a great concept, but yeah. um, the management team were just so well organised and well put together. Mm. Everyone was very thoughtful about it, and they were taking it on board as if they, they were all emotionally invested. So they cared. So yeah. so the actual staff actually gave a rat. Yeah. Yeah. 
And as frustrating as it was to work there sometimes for everyone because you think, wow, is it ever going to end? You've mm. turned the tables five times over, you know. You've- five times. It'd be, there'd be restaurateurs listening to this just dreaming of that. Yeah. And, five and, times. And, you know, you're running out of ingredients. There's nowhere to prep. And, and then you're just like, and we're going to keep going for another hour. God. And isn't that amazing that once you get to that stage, if you look at your break-even point and, you, you know, that graph mm. on, on the thing, once you start getting to doing five sittings, yeah. you're going into the, the, the P zone, aren't you, the profit zone? Pretty much, Whew. very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But it, okay, so what did you – from when you left this place – what did you take from it? Was there were anything that you you really said? Well, this is something I've really learned from this place oh, as to I how guess, to do stuff. Look, I think before Chin Chin, I'd always just been a cog in a wheel. You know, I'd yeah, been yeah. in the kitchen, I'd been on the floor, I've been in dining rooms. You know, you get a bit of this and a bit of that. They give you tiny bits of responsibility, but mm-hmm. as part of Chin Chin, they give you quite a lot of autonomy if you're a bit further up in the ranks. And so there's that trust. So the, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, um, that group, they're so tightly knit and then you're privy to a lot of development. You get to, you know, I got to sit in on, uh, you know, concept meetings, next stages, you know, builds, how to do project management um, in restaurants and mm. not just, you know, little projects, something like publishing. Um, yeah. And, you know... Being able to be in that room with all those people, you do learn how to be more of a businessman. Okay. So this is sort of you – this was um, a, a natural thing of osmosis that you were able to sort of absorb. Yeah. 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 What you doing now? What am I doing you're going, now? You're going south of the river. I've gone south of the river, but it's not that far Don't south. Don't turn off, northerners. <laughs> you just you just kind of follow the river a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, it's closer to the city than Fitzroy. Hey, there you go. And where is this place? It's uh, 20 Yarra Place in South Melbourne. It's right next door to St. Ali. Yeah. Um, for those who have been living under a rock, first of all, <laughs> let's, let's just ex- uh, describe St. Ali and then move move out. Oh, it's a specialty coffee house in South Melbourne, probably one of the first. They've got their own roastery and they've been there for 10 years now. As St. Ali? Yeah. As in the Sal regime, shall as, we call as we'll call it? <laughs> as in the, the, the Sal Salvatore Republic? I believe they call it the family. Oh, God, I bet they do too. <laughs> we've, we've not even a hint of irony. I can just see it. But, okay, that's, that's Sal, that's St. Ali, um, a very, very interesting place that has transformed little Yarra place into this quite interesting precinct, hasn't it? It is. He's done that well. And next to it is a place that is small. Discuss. Yeah. <laughs> um, Handball. Well, funnily enough, uh, Sal approached myself and Wittemu to open smalls. Mm. Well, he specifically just wanted a wine bar because he hangs out, drinks coffee all day, but, you know, everyone likes a glass of wine at the end of it. Well, he's got to counteract all that caffeine that's coursing through his body probably. Pretty much. Yeah. Just uh, chill him out a little bit. And we actually did a wine competition against each other last year. It was a whole bunch of amateurs learning, well, making their wine. And we were at the same winery. Sal and I have known each other for a very long time, but we've never actually sat down and had a conversation. And obviously when you're picking grapes and making fun of each other, doing triage, you know, getting dirty, ripping your pants off and stomping on things. Yeah. You're going to be friends. Eventually. (laughs) And so it was like, oh, you guys are great. 
I kind of want a wine bar. Come look at this space. And, you know, that's kind of the, the end of the story. Because it was part of the roastery, wasn't it, that that area there? Um, it was some Anyway, it was something else. Now it's been used and it's been... It has been transformed. It's quite a. It's a very interesting space. Yeah, it used to be a little garage, um, and basically garage, Sal right. yeah. moved the kitchen that they had at Saint Ali that were pumping out ridiculous amounts of covers, and it mm. was basically a little galley, and built a real kitchen. And now it's kind of like every chef's wet dream. Mm. It's huge. They can do production there, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to rent some of this space? Use it for the wine bar. You know, make this work because I've got a large kitchen. Use mm. it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so we're kind of attached, we're kind of to the side, we do our own thing. But, yeah, the concept itself was like, you know, let's look at small producers from all over the world. Let's keep the philosophy the same with spirits and, you know, not mess around too much with it. Keep it classic. Just make it a place that we all want to go to. And hang out in. Pretty much. One of the things that seems to be really interesting with this is that there's a great emphasis on having great food to go with all this bespoke booze that you've sourced. Yeah. What were your thoughts about setting up the menu? Um, got, a cop- the, got a copy of it here if you need to refer to it. The but funny thing is, oh, mm. yeah, I, I've I seen it, it I've yeah. read it, I've eaten it many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that basically... I was working as a bar reviewer and the bar editor for Time Out. So I kept going to a whole range of cocktail bars, wine bars, you know, pubs and whatnot. And the trend for me was you get great booze. Fried chicken and sliders. Well, yeah, you get great booze. Yes, sorry. But then... Emphasis, I like it. But then you're like, I'm hungry now. Mm. I don't want to eat this. Yeah. Uh, the food just kind of fell flat and let everything else down. It wasn't a complete experience. And is that because of, I, I sort of disparagingly sort of said, is it because of the ubiquity of just a few things that sort of form what we have now? Well, I a little bit of that. I think everyone just goes, you know, I want to do a burger, I want to do a fried chicken, I want to be a wine bar, I want to mm. do natural wine, I want to, you know, focus on rum, I want to look at gin. Mm. And there are very few places that look at the dining experience as a holistic thing. For us, the wine complements the food, the food complements the wine, you know, and service is the thing that ties it all together. Yeah, right. So can you give us some ideas of the sort of food stuff that you wanted to do? Oh, man. For me, I'm an awful fiend, right. so, <laughs> yeah. so you know, throw some ox tongue in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got a plate of crackling and puff tendon, uh, but at the same time, there's whipped salmon caviar. All the producers that we have are small producers and as local as we can get them as well. Mm. Uh, and, you know, Andy Gales, our chef, we get along really well because we're curmudgeons. <laughs> yeah. yes. we, eat, we eat the same things. Yeah. We hate the same things. And we drink very, very alike. <laughs> yes, right. Okay, the kindred spirit sort of, uh, uh, sort of a thing. Yep. And um, so, and and what about cost wise? Where do where do you sort of position that and put it? And what are your thoughts on on the price? Uh, uh, with our wine list as well as the food, we try to keep it all mm. very, very much so that it's affordable. You know. It's very transparent now. Everyone either has worked in the industry, is working in the industry, or, you know, they go to tastings and admittedly smalls, as much as it is a locals bar, it is an industry bar. People go there and you want it to be completely transparent. They go, this is the landed cost. Why are you charging me this much? Yeah, we know. Don't 
don't mess with me. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, we're about going there for a great experience and not spending too much money. And, you know, if you want to, you can. All right. And, the, uh, and you were saying that uh, we were going to invite you to have a, a glass of Riesling, which you're still welcome to do when Duncan arrives. But you were saying, I've got to go and open the bar. So Pretty much. You're going back to work. I'm going to work. I have to open the bar for the weekend and keep everyone happy on their Sunday. And they will be happy. You will enjoy yourself. Pretty much. Get drunk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> In a responsible way. We'll even, you know, we'll say that you should probably take a cab home. Have a snack. Okay, that sounds good. Well, congratulations. Um, I've been in there and I think it looks uh, absolutely amazing. Duncan Buchanan's in the house. Uh, Matt has said you wanted I, to I've go there. I've walked past it so many times I haven't been in as yet. Mm. You bastard. I know I am. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I know where you live. Yes. Um, Jess, congratulations on what you've been doing. Uh, and will you all too? Please say uh, good day. And um, we we'll hope to see uh, yeah, people drop in because it's... Uh, it's a very comfortable space, and the food and the booze are good, and they work together. That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jess, for coming in. No, thanks, Cam. 12.24. Hey, Cameron. What? Macedon you, Rangers. You look, you've got that, that magnanimous look in your eye like you're going to give something away. We've got a couple of really good giveaways Just today. Just missed a giveaway. What and are you giving away? And here's the first of the two. Anyway, Macedon Rangers. Macedon Rangers. If you're ever out that way. Yes, if you've got your holdings there, I'm just going to visit them. The Big Little Baby Bar. The Big Little Baby Bar. It's a Big Little Baby Bar. Is a bar and bottle <laughs> shop in uh, the Macedon Rangers. They specialise in uh, Victorian craft beer and cider. Yeah, that sounds good. I it's wouldn't mind hour- being there now. It's very cool. It's an hour's drive out of Melbourne and five minute walk from Macedon Station. So if you want to jump on the train and get there, you just... <laughs> um, Sobriety doesn't have to be a problem. No, yes, good. you can sleep on the train on the way no back. No worries. Uh, and has also has locally smores, locally smorsed? Locally sourced small goods is what I'm trying to say. They're not making s'mores. Good. No, they're not. What, so what, 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 what are you giving away? What are we giving away? Is What's the thing? We've got a couple of vouchers. If you want to trek on out to uh, Macedon and the Macedon Rangers, you want to check out the Big Little Baby Bar. We've got big little baby two baby. vouchers for uh, a mixed share plate and a couple of drinks, which would be a nice way to get to uh, spend a Sunday afternoon. A couple of drinks each? Uh, I don't know. Just have, two have to negotiate. Oh, that's okay. But, but <laughs> there's food. Anyway, um, give, give us a ring, 9388 Of course, you must be a subscriber to win. And you, and you probably should answer a question. Yes, do you want to come up with a question just uh, without notice? Because yeah, we've just put you on the spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, smalls uh, from one little baby bar that uh, that could to another. Mm. Just tell us uh, the name of the street. It's got something to do with a river around the place. This is very true. There you go. That's pretty easy. We you should go. Happy to my- with that, Jess? Thumbs up. Okay. And thank you, Macedon, for uh, thinking about us. Totally. Sounds good. 93 You're with lots of things here. We're going to go... Oh, I have Matt. We're going to go to market on. just after this. Ah, uh, yes. The uh, the numbers are moving. That means we're on, John. Uh, a very, very good morning to you. Shall we step just a little bit over here so we get that... Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, good morning, oh, everyone. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the sun's coming slowly but surely. There's a slight cool breeze, right? Yeah. It's only dusty car. No, I'm wondering if I could... Okay, if I just... Yeah, 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 yeah of just course. lean on it. Here we go. Yeah. Leaning against the car, we're looking in at the market. Uh, the sun's broken through those clouds. It seems to have happened the last 20 minutes. Yes, that's all. going to be a good day. It will, it will be, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the market. What, what's, what's going on? You've brought out some broad beans and asparagus, because... Uh, the broad beans I just heard are, are pretty cheap this week. They are. They're, they're peaking. These are still coming out of uh, Mildura. Mm. Um, our local ones, uh, a lot of people were saying to me yesterday that they've picked two or three. 
So the, the local ones that we get out of um, North Dandenong and um, Fertrigali and that will be coming very soon. Really? But we're running with these, you know. Most people were selling them $5. I had $4 on them yesterday. Mm. And then I put 2 kilo for $6 because I bought a swag at the right price. Oh. 2 kilo, $6, you pod them, put them in the freezer raw. Yeah. And when you want to eat them, you pull them out, throw them straight in a pot. I was just talking to a fellow then who was telling me that he's trying to teach his young kids to eat them. When he was small, he didn't like them because his nanny used to grow them and put them in the freezer and then cook the bejeevers out of them. Uh, but now he loves broad beans because he's yeah. learned how to cook them properly. Uh, another traumatised younger generation, huh? Yeah, these yeah, things yeah. happen. We I all know. have our problems when we do things. Yeah. But, yeah, they're nice, they're straight. There's about seven or eight beans in every pod. There's no rust or or other things on the outside of the skin, so they look appealing. And there is something. So, I don't know, even at a sensual level of satisfying, of zen, sensual, when you open up a pod, a broad bean pod, it just feels so beautiful, doesn't it? It does, especially if you rub your fingers into the velvety lining of the shell. But the beauty of it is, for me, is that when you put the broad beans in a bag and you stick your nose in a bag and you smell it, you smell spring. It's a vibrance, you isn't it? You feel alive. And that's the beauty of my job. I love the beautiful fragrances, the textures and the colours. Because everything's just so vibrant. All right. Case in point. Let's let's just look towards all those traumatised people. We know you're out there, people. And we're here to help. John. Someone who has been brought up in, say, a Skippy family, Right. The, the veggies have been cooked to the bejesus. It's grey vegetables all the time in aluminium pots. It wasn't a good time, John. Let's give them a little bit of a ray, like this sunshine that's on our shoulders. Let's give them a little bit of a ray of, of sunlight and say, hey, don't worry, you can do this with a broad bean. Well, that's right. With a broad bean, I, I normally say... Don't second shell them. You and my mother are very famous oh, for saying God, this. I got to get it in. I got to get it in. Still on it. See, I, it go. I love broad beans. I don't care how old yeah. or how mealy they are, yeah. or even if we cook them certain ways and they go grey. We'll talk. I'll talk about that in a minute. Go on. But the best way is open your broadies, yep. give them a quick rinse. Yep. You might fry off a bit of a salad onion, preferably a white one. Mm. Throw your broadies on top. That water that's on the broad beans is enough to steam them. Yeah. And, and if there's not at least a centimetre of water, put a little bit of water in, a drop of olive oil, yeah. a sprig of parsley, yeah. maybe a bit of new season garlic that's just started out of Victoria, cool. and simmer very, very slow. Mm. When they're nearly cooked to your liking, you put a little bit of salt so they'll stay greener. Yes. Done. Even a bit of tomato if you want. Yeah. Now your turn. And all right, I got a good one. Here we go. You ready for this one? Yeah. Unexpected. Um, I went down to Geelong over over the weekend because uh, I was there for the uh, Geelong Extravaganza, which was heaps of fun. Um, the little green, oh, the little green cafe, I think it was called. I'll get the proper name for the end of the show. But this little tiny pub oh, looks me. like just a little workers' pub from the 19th century. A little bit of green two-story, very small. Inside, completely renovated, fantastic. They were doing bowls of mussels. Oh, yeah. All right, 10 bucks, bowl of mussel. Hopefully you drink that second glass of wine, then they're, they're, everyone's cool. All right? Yep. Okay. Mussels, cooked down, red sauce. You ready for this, though? Yeah. It had mint in it. Chopped mint. Yeah. Mint and mussels goes. It actually works, and there were a few broad beans 
in the little like bit the, of colour as well. Ah, and texture and and unexpected and first of all, muscles and mint. I never would have thought it, but it actually works. I believe you because I don't eat muscles. One of the few things that are alive I don't eat. Really? Muscles and oysters, not for me. All right, but anyway, there's another way to do. So you do your your, your red sauce, simmer it a bit, put some broadies in there. Did it have it, any chilli in it? No. No? No, no, no. Oh, no. very good. The, the, these were Skippy's, not Calabresi, mate. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah. Because the Calabresi would have gone, hey, a <coughs> little bit of chilli. A, a lot of chilli. Now, you would have put one of those bombs in. All yeah, right, so yeah. that's, that's two. You want to do a third one? Yeah, with... Um, the artichokes, which you love as well. Ah, uh, one of the great dishes of our time. And a good uh, liver and um, and that cleanser because um, you you cook your artichokes, you put a bit of potato in, a handful of raw beans, yeah. uh, again an onion, a bit of parsley and a tomato, and you simmer away slowly. Everything goes dark grey brown. Um, the colours, they look dead, but when you get a bit of crusty bread yeah. and dip it into that juice... And, and eat it, and then you eat your broadies, and then you suck all the juice off the um, the skins of the artichoke. Huh. It's heaven. It's like the Italian doctor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. And especially have a glass of vino with it. Apparently the reds go well with it. Oh, Tragic yeah. that I can't drink the reds. But You're not drinking red at all now. I, I can't. It wow. affects my hay fever. The tannins kill me. Oh, well, that's true. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I've been drinking a white muscatel or... Um, Oh, we tooth. we had um, a Pinot Grigio from Italy the other day. Yes. A little bit dry, but very, very nice. So, you know, I can handle the whites, but not the reds. Uh, well, we'll have to wait till... What a, in winter. We'll, we'll, maybe you can have a, a glass when hay fever time's not so prevalent. Oh, it's just the tannins in the wine. There are some reds that are very low in tannins. I can handle a little bit, but yeah. we can live without it. I drink right. mother's milk. You do. Hey, all right, look, I've got just a little aside... Because there was more an observation as I was heading to Geelong, and there was a lot of really, really good things happening in Geelong, right? But there was a couple of things that I noticed. One was I went during the day so the traffic wasn't so bad, right? Yeah. And I'm driving across, and, you know, you've got the Point Cook turn-off, uh, Werribee turn-off, you know, a few of those turn-offs. They're choked. Like, there's people not even able to get off the roads. Like yeah, it was, it was tragic. It was backing up. And it's just sort of, here we are, we're a victim of our own success, and we're slowly choking, you know, um, away, you know, in that sort of thing. And one thing I thought, as I was driving past a place that's dear in your heart, especially entwined with this business, Werribee, where a lot, this prime farmland is, where these red red soils? Yes, red yeah, soils, good, a little good bit of sand in some place. Yeah, anyway, great, great growing area. I'd say that they, is Werribee under threat of being just developed? No, I don't think so. Um, Firstly, the old Italians and the Greeks are still down there. Their families are well and truly entrenched. And and, and when they're doing something like they don't leave it, like our family, you know, we've been doing this 69 years. My dad's still working with me. I think you know the story by now. I do. Uh, Same with the Greeks down there. Some of them are third, fourth generation. Mm. Um, Even when you go to Rosebud and places like that, there are growers down there that are fifth and sixth generation. They've got something, they're not going to let it go. Yeah. And also they'll probably make sure that it's not really developed for uh, farming. A lot of it's probably gazetted that it's not allowed to be developed, which is good. Really? We really need that area. You know, well, it's it, our food bowl. Well, we're uh, losing food bowls because I remember going to school years and years ago to play at Keysborough. Keysborough, Dingley, be, all that beautiful and sand. They used know. to be the Cochrans across yeah. there. They're yeah. gone. Yeah, they're gone. Cochrane's they moved gone. on. 
Um, it's still there around, but they moved on further down. But they they gave up their holdings for development and and sand, sand. They'd mined the sand in a lot of places in Dingley and that. Yeah. Uh, billions, not millions, billions of dollar. Um, I had one guy that used to grow the sequoia potatoes, a very, very old oh, yeah. variety, yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly only for boiling potatoes. Yeah. And uh, he used to say, my dad won't let me sell. We got $10 million worth, five, $10 million worth of sand sitting under our farm. We're struggling at the moment. I'd love to sell it. And dad kept on saying, no, while I'm breathing, we grow potatoes. Yeah. And they did even after the old man passed away for quite a few years because things picked up a little bit, but finally they mined. Yeah. Mined, landfill. I think it's parkland now, which is not bad, but okay. eventually it'll be houses too. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, so yeah, so we need our, our food bowl. We're a busy year at the moment, and yeah. it's supplying us, so I guess we could just raise our glass and say, well, thank God for that at the moment. We'll see what happens. Uh, I hope that for another 100 years it'll still be there. Me too. Yeah. All right, let's get on to the actual produce. You've, we've had a look at some broad beans. They're beautiful. You're doing them for four bucks. Um, Two for six. Two kilos, six bucks. We get in there and do some work. Asparagus. Look at this. Look at it. All green from top to bottom. It's a little bit more open. Yeah. These are delicate, poor little things. They suffered a little bit of the wind and the heat that we've had like me. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people have had a hay fever attack this week. Yeah. These poor buggers, the heads have opened up, but they're still firm. Still bright green, no waste at all. I keep saying to people, cut the bottom off, don't snap them. I'm yeah, selling them yeah. $8. You can buy them as cheap as $4, but they've probably got a little bit more white on them. Get what you pay for. And then, yeah, definitely, and they're not straight. Mm. These, brush them with oil, straight onto the barbecue. Have a look at this. A feast's come out. My workers are having lunch. Oi! Yeah. One, two, three, four containers. Everyone's happy. <laughs> and small. T- so yeah, and, and during the week we got my favourite. Oh, very good. I just saw a quail. Come on, focus, um, focus, John. Focus. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we're still talking about food. Uh, I know. We copped an asparagus omelette. It was rather tragic. Oh, what happened? My kids ate it. You know, normally they say, "Ah, oh, no, we don't like asparagus," but. Really? They don't like steamed asparagus. Have, have they just discovered it? Oh, an asparagus omelette. It was the size of a large dinner plate, about three centimetres high. Whoa. It hit the table and went boom. Arrivederci, Rama. Really? John got in too. Oh. Don't worry. Oh, okay. So but, everything um, was... Yeah, everything's good. So, it's so easy to do. Yeah. And so tasty, especially if you've got good home-growing eggs. Yeah. You get that beautiful oh, the colour, yeah, oh, the yeah. colour and the flavour yeah. and the aroma, as usual, is always important as well. So yeah, there we go. Open a container so it doesn't blow up. Um, we're just—I've—I've I've never realised this, but I've been talking to John. We sort of sit near this sort of converted old crate, big crate, sort of like a bar, I suppose we could sit. But there's That's been this kitchen. I can tell. Anyway, there's this sort of uh, teak veneer sort of thing it's with a laminated with a from the seventies with a rude handle on it, and I've never actually seen what's behind it until just now, where it gets uh, slid across, and there is the microwave. Wow. Well, we've moved into twentieth century. <laughs> wow. Look at, look, look at you go. That's uh, that, that's pretty impressive. Don't forget, this is a big market. Yeah. You know, so everything's 140 years old in this place. Asparagus. Asparagus. Here we go. I'm okay. going to do one more. Here you go. Right. You, you've had a go. Uh, um, yeah, l- please. L- let's, do, let's do match for match. So the asparagus omelette, awesome. Awesome, awesome. The, one of the best picnic foods around, I reckon. Um, asparagus. 
okay, cut off the ends of the asparagus. Don't break it off because otherwise John gets angry. We don't want that. So cut, thank you. We cut them on the bias. Just cut them into, say, one, two centimetre sort of um, slices on the cross. Pan fry quickly. A little bit of um, uh, butter with maybe a little bit of um, sesame oil. Throw in some toasted sesame seeds. Lemon juice. Let it reduce a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Just add that. That's beautiful. Of course. Yeah. And, and it's good because it brings back fond memories uh, for me because we should do things like that as well. Mm. Not always an omelette. Sometimes very simple because when asparagus are in, they're in, and we make the most of it. We try to have it every day if we can. Yep. You can never get sick of a good asparagus. Yeah. All right. These come out of Kuirup. They're growing in the black peat. If, if you've ever seen this black peat, you stand in it and get it on your gum boots and it dries. You need an axe to get it off. Really? But potatoes, asparagus, love it. Yeah. Um, while all the old vegetation why, fell into why, why it they, and rotted down. Why do they love it so much? Is it because it's so nutrient-dense? Yeah, yeah. Nutrient-dense. They suck up all the nutrients out of it. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Yeah, right. You know? Groove. So get in there. Have a feed of asparagus. Yeah. We only sell fat ones. Like I say, most Italians and Chinese don't eat thin asparagus. We like the fat ones. Who yeah. would eat a thin asparagus? No, thin, thin, Oh, thin, sorry. Thin, I thought you were thin. thin. Sorry. Like, what are you doing? You're yeah. swearing at me in the morning. Because when they're thin, they take the same time to grow. They can be coarser. Yeah. Or you've got to break half off. Yeah. Different if it's a forest asparagus. So cut them down the middle. Cut them long ways down the middle if you think they're too thick. Mm. And go from there. Or if you do like you do, chop them into shards. Easy done. They yeah. get cooked through. Yeah. Okay? So we've only talked about two things because there's so many other veggies out there that are vibrant. Peas and beans still a little bit expensive. They got hit by the heat. Yeah. Um, my neighbour's selling the best beans. I'm sure that cost him more than $5. He's selling $5. I've nearly sold out of mine. We sold them at 10 Oh, they look good. I can see them. They are. They yeah. got a vibrant green. Wow. Mine's the paler variety, which is a little bit sweeter, but everyone's different. Yeah. Uh, peas, nine a kilo. Bananas jumped a little bit, but still only $3 a kilo. Uh, we've had coleslaw this week because we felt a little bit hot. Uh, nice Savoy cabbage with a little bit of red in it. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and we've got these big white salad onions. Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> someone dropped a box of onions in. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Don't laugh at um, those. Yeah. Can, can you imagine a, a little saucer? Yeah. That that's how wide they are, and they're about three centimetres high. These are a very old Australian onion, um, softer texture than the uh, Queensland onions. We get the round onions from Queensland, the size of an egg. They are harder, stronger flavour. These are softer, sweeter, beautiful. They have a quick fry up in a hamburger. They make a hamburger, but. Um, Bianca's been making herself um, an onion and tomato and cheese sandwich. She's learnt the old Australian way, and it's good for you. The oldies ate an onion a day, mm. keeps the doctor away. Because right. uh, it's like an antibiotic. But the flavour's sensational. Yeah. Goes well when you've cooked green beans. You can slice it very fine through your bean salad. Mm. Anywhere, anywhere. All right, we got uh, that's the veg. Okay. It's Claudia's here. There he is, he's blue. Hang on, two seconds, Claudia, we're just going to finish off. We need the fruit pick of the market. Oh, still, we're, we're jumping on, on the mandarins because we've been making juice. Mangoes, they got them up the corner, two for $8, coming out of Northern Territory. Oh, I have a mango, yeah. I've had a couple. Yeah. Bianca's made smoothies with them. Um, that's how much we love them. Me too. There's six million apples out there, still firm and crunchy, sweet, strong, in between. Yellow flesh, white flesh, can't go wrong. 
and the grannies. People forget about Granny Smith apples. I don't like to eat them raw, but they make a beautiful cake. And a great crumble. Oh, definitely. And also, even in a little bit of filo pastry or um, a puff pastry. What a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of cinnamon. Yeah. Easy work. Follow those Germans. Oh, definitely, the, yeah, the, yeah. The strudel people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw a real strudel the other day. Yeah. There's an old lady that goes through the wholesale market with a hand trolley. Yeah. All these beautiful little boxes. If you Not remember the old Swiss rolls, that's yeah. the size of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe about a foot long... Um, and these apple strudels, and you can smell them from a mile away. Really? Yeah, so you go and buy one and have a feast. I've got to try to avoid it. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, life's good about that. Um, there, there's so many varieties of pears. I think Mum bought three varieties of pears yesterday. There's, uh, I think I saw a custard apple. Am I wrong or am I right? That would have been pretty late if it was. Yeah. It would I have saw been the last surviving green custard thing apple. Yesterday. Um, you know, they're, they're a nashi fruit. and um, which is watermelon at the moment? $3, oh, still $3 last week, but I think there might be about two fifty today. Yeah, two fifty. But even if you buy a little bit, you've still got to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like we always say, buy a little bit, enjoy it, make mm. the most of it. Cherries are becoming soon. Whoa. I reckon any day now we'll get cherries from New South Wales because traditionally it's 1st of November yeah. or Cup Day. Yeah. Because they've planted different varieties in different parts, you know, a lot in New South Wales and Victoria, uh, even some from Queensland. We'll see what happens. Keep praying that it doesn't rain too much and they'll come out. I don't think it's going to rain. Well, it tried yesterday, but it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, it and didn't. when we're standing in the sun, who cares? I guess. Yeah, I guess not. Hey, John, always good to see you. We'll um, hope all you people try some broadies if you haven't had them. If you're traumatised by them come back to the fold try try yeah, try yeah. even if something you haven't tried before you've got to try a little bit yes my aunt was 45 before she tried a bit of rock melon what because her husband held her down and put her in her mouth she kept saying i'm not eating that i'm not and then she used to eat one every second day so you know you've got to try something well there's sometimes we the have this stigmatism <laughs> yeah wow sometimes we have this thing in our head that we don't want to try something yeah Close your eyes and try. Yeah, also known as the great rock melon incident. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, I'm going to get out of here. Going to go to the studio. John, as always, thank you. Um, and as always, for you people coming to pick the eyes out of the market. I'm That's just right. taking uh, a word out of uh, your book there. And cook up a feast and have a good life. Sounds good. I'm, I'm going to go to the studio now. See you soon. All right. All the best. Thank you. Yeah, words to live by. Thank you, John. Have a good life. Yes. We're doing our best. We're yes. doing our best on this glorious Sunday. Uh, not much time, but you just want to just keep giving stuff away. I know we're like the mad pom. Next thing you know, you'll be said giving away the microphones. Everything must go. Oh, well, stop it. Hey, improving. Oh, one more. One uh, more. One way to uh, make sure you have a good life is you can get on down to the Wine and Cheese Fest on the 25th of October. I see what you've done there. That's very good. That is next weekend in Williamstown. Uh, let me read the blurb. I'll just read it. Returning to Seaworks on Sunday, 25th of October, the Wine and Cheese Fest has more than 60 exhibitors for featuring wineries. That's a lot of exhibitors, Matt. Ciders. Ciders too. Cheese. Yes. And small goods producers. Will there be parry? Uh, I reckon there probably would be a bit of parry. Oh, yeah, there would be a bit of parry. And that's uh, pear cider. Live entertainment. There's going to be a kid zone, so you can just drop, <laughs> just the, drop, them just off. drop the kids there. And then go. Hey, hey. <laughs> now they're your problem. Hey, you're fine. Uh, cheese making glasses, something called the Grape Stomp Comp. Yeah, that's the mind fairly, bottles. Fairly literal, yes. So anyway, that's next Sunday. Where are they going to get grapes from this time? Whoa, whoa. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm not reading too much into it. All right, that's Sunday, twenty fifth of October, uh, SeaWorks at Williamstown. Especially if you're in that way, it'd be a good yeah, way to the grapes. Wine and okay. dot Hey, Cameron, what? We got two double passes to give away. No, if you are We're free, being a bit generous. We've been very generous. The largesse of eaters. You must be a subscriber. Give us a ring three double nine three double eight one zero two seven. Yes, I almost said the old phone number nine four nine two zero double six. Two double six. Wonder who got that? Hey, I don't know. Anyway, give us a ring. Yeah, actually, I wonder who got that. Nine three double eight one zero two seven. And the question is. Cameron, you had an interesting, uh, oh, yeah, I did a very nice food experience at a little place in uh, Geelong called yes. the Little What Corner. Yeah, it's there a colour. <laughs> if you know the answer to that question, have, have, have you got it? We're going to talk wine uh, just after these short messages. Done, and uh, we'll. Oh, that's a lovely little bouncy yes. song, wasn't it? Oh, really? Very much so. It feels really sunshiny. Uh, Duncan Buchanan. Uh, uh, Cam Smith. Mate, how would you be? All the better for seeing your smiling face. Matt Stedman, how are you? Cool. High fives all around. Hey, before we go any further, I've had a big favour called on me. Now, am I able to do a quick shout-out? You guys are doing a meal Very, 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 very quickly. Go on. My darling nieces, Sophie and Matilda, are sitting at home. Hello, Sophie. Hello, Matilda. And as we speak, I reckon every window in the house shattered by them squealing. Really? Just, yeah, I reckon so. What them. are their names again? Sophie and Matilda. Oh, good on you. Okay, moving on. Um, uh, Matt's just finding the winners uh, to uh, to our competition. Um, so, yeah, if you'd, Matt doesn't get to you very soon, you should probably just say, well, it yeah. didn't happen to me. Now, the giveaways um, went. L. Should we do the L thing first? Because it's probably pretty important, isn't it, for, yeah, the, for a winemaker? A, yeah, I think so. It's a good idea. Um, Duncan Buchanan, he is a winemaker. He's been on uh, uh, this show many times, if you've just tuned in, uh, also looking after summer with Plonk um, years ago. And, um, yeah, your thoughts about vintage coming up. But Look, first has happened. It, Barbers has happened, and we're well through. Like, and let's let's not paint too bad a picture. We'll put a doily on things to start with and make doily. it look good. Yeah, right. The um, is that a cloth doily or one of those? Paper yeah, ones? really nice cloth. Oh, nice. Paper. Wash your mouth. Well, I'm, young just man. I'm just yeah, checking. I'm just checking. Do I look like a paper doily oh, kind of Blake? Hey. hey. Just nah, checking. Okay, enough. so the doily's no, on. And, and it looks, at the moment, it looks really good. There's a good, I'm um, working out in the Grampians, as you know, and the Mornington Peninsula. And yes. there's a lot of potential fruit out there. But the thing that uh, I keep saying to people, don't get too excited because it's a long time before we pick. Oh, and yeah. The, and there's a hell of a lot, lot of weather, but a hell of a lot of weather between now yeah. and then. So the main thing as Yeah, a I'm, lot of sun cycles. Yes, indeed. Yeah. A lot of day and night. Day and night. Stuff. And the main thing that, uh, I guess people are getting fairly, yeah, I mean, everybody's concerned? a little concerned about just how dry things are. Yeah, yeah. You and know? look, we've, uh, we've come through droughts before and mm-hmm. we've seen how, um, sun and lack of rain can concentrate flavours pretty well for some grapes. No generalisations here. Uh, but we are coming into a very dry cycle. It's it's obvious. I mean, we well, we don't have to go through it because it's it's yeah. been quite evident. Yeah. But I was I've been saying to people that one of the things that um, would probably be occupying the mind of um, a wine grower, especially if you're out in the bush, not so much if you're sort of near the built up areas. Yeah. Um, is the the just the very real chance of bushfire and smoke taint and and mm. smoke taint ain't good in grapes, is it? No, not at all. And it's not. I mean, the fires are one thing for sure. I and mean, we've seen Trentham was burning only. I think there's still a bit, bit of stuff still going. Um, and uh, the, things are tend to dry. Like the whole state's had less than fifty percent of its regular rainfall. Yes, on average, you know. So some are having even even under that. And I'm even noticing heading out towards the Grampians. Things mm. are drying out very very quickly. Well, you just have to see the dams. Yeah, indeed. Da- yeah. Not a lot of water. Dams, in the dams and brown. Fortunately, we've got enough water out there to get us through. But I had a bit of a th- my 
irrigation system decided to, uh, I had a few issues with it the other day. And I'm, I'm irrigating out there earlier than I ever have. Really? Yeah, just have to because we, I mean, what did we have, 34 degrees the other day? And not, it's not only the, uh, the record, heat. Record breaking. Indeed. Not since 1948 have we seen an October like we have now. But and also with the grand final, we saw the hottest uh, first week of October since records were kept. Yeah. So there, and that's, what, but it's not only the actual heat, it's the wind. I mean, remember that wind is just blowing its ring off. So you've got all that wind just, it's, it was. <laughs> yes, if one, yeah, anyway, let's I'm a wordsmith, mate. Yeah, I wordsmith. know, I can tell, it's beautiful. <laughs> but the, so that does dry things out a hell of a lot. So yeah. we've got, we do, a lot of things, are, a lot of places are getting very, very dry very quickly. Yes. So there, there is the ever-present threat of bushfire, and that's... Yeah, it's a, it, it is a major concern for us. We could just have to keep a very good eye on things. Mm. And the other thing I was thinking mm. on the way up there, Cam, was the other, the other thing that dry soil will promote is the, pre- the threat of frost. Because if you don't have... That's v- counterintuitive, isn't it? Well... Who would have thunk that? Why well, does dry soil well, frost? What? Be- <laughs> Discuss. Wow, Discuss. you've just blown me over. Sorry. The, um, yeah, wow. No, well, if you've got dry soils, they will, ha- they will cool down a hell of a lot quicker... Right. Then a wet soil, because really? water has a really, really good buffering capacity for heat. It takes a lot of energy to heat up or cool down water. Thank you. Science right. 101. Science, so if you've, you. got, if you've got a fair bit of, yeah, jot Chick. that down. Got it. If you've got a fair bit of soil moisture going already, that yeah. will act as a natural buffer before the soil getting down too low. And then you will get, you've got a lower, lower risk of frost itself. Gotcha. There you go. Okay, but that's something that more to think about in winter time, isn't it? When mm, spring. Really? Yeah, it can happen in spring. Really? Yeah, in frost prone regions, most definitely. Really? So yeah, but what's um, a frost prone region? Uh, sort of in the valleys, sort of thing. Because absolutely, the, the, the frost settles, isn't it? In, it's like cold Fro- air sort of follows the contours of the land and it, settles. It flows like water. It Basically, flows like water. So yeah. it'll follow riverways and uh, a vineyard that I used to work at was right near a freeway. We had this frost come in and it just banked up against the ri- uh, against the freeway. Wow. And you could see it was almost like a topographical line around the vineyard mm. where, the, where the frost damage was. Yeah. So that's another thing we've got to keep in mind. It's just... And of droughts and flooding rains. Oh, it's Australia, yeah. isn't yes, it? Yes, we love this country. It's, a, it's quite amazing. Matt, will you look at what's what's up? No, it's all good. I'm just, I'm just a little concerned. We've only got six minutes to go, and the bottle of wine still seems to be closed. <laughs> good on you, Matt. That's oh, so I'm just, just back here. Just focus. You, if he is not sing, if he's single, <laughs> he's mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad luck, pal. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah. Listening. All right, here it comes. Oh, a nice crack. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is is like the eat at the Benny Hill hour. This is a master of the single entendre over there. (laughs) Single entendre. (laughs) All right. So, um, oh wow, I can. uh, Okay. So this is uh, uh, the 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 labour of your fruits, as opposed to the fruit of your. There it is from 2015. This is uh, our fallen giants. Uh, fallen giants. Can you pass that over? Can over. Yeah, yeah. The um, nice 2015 Riesling. We just we bottled this a month ago, mm. and this is from an area in our vineyard out near Halls Gap. Speaking of places that are dry, where the, the area of the vineyard this comes from, the vines were planted in about 1970, but then they were at a Seppel's vineyard, mm. and then they were dug up in the year 2000 and replanted at our place. Bloody hell! Oh, it's, it's amazing. They've had a tough time. No, oh, they, they bounce back though. Yeah. They're happy to have sturdy. you around. Yeah, yeah damn sturdy. Thank God but the, inter- looking after the interesting thing is back then there was a, the planting material, shall we say, there was a little bit of it. There was a bit of, um, great. I don't know, shall we say, lack of, 
uniformity with what you got there. So going through this block, mm. you're able to see there were just so many different grape varieties in there, uh, like 90% Riesling for sure. But then you have a look at some, you see some other ones in there that I just had no idea. Probably Gewurz Tremina, uh. probably a, a cognac, um, a, a cognac variety, a variety from cognac called Ondenk. <laughs> and just yeah, yeah exactly. Hello, John- my name is Ondink. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? But, Stop uh, your laughing. On, so you've seen these sort of these weirdos, not bastardos, but uh, strange cousins. No, exactly. So yeah. you, could, you could just see them. Anybody could pick it a mile off. There, yeah. you had these um, Riesling bunches are gorgeous. They're about the size of a pine cone, a small pine cone, really compact, very pretty mm. little things. And on Dink, man, they're bunches the size of your head. They're just <laughs> you know, uh, grapes the size of Tom Bowler's oh, for those yeah. of us that used to play marbles back yeah. in the day. Yes. And uh, they're just, they're, it was just a really, it's a very, very interesting block of grapes. So I thought, well, and then we've, mm. the other block, the other part of the Riesling block is 100% Riesling. Can't can't dispute it. It's just gorgeous. So I've made the two Rieslings out of it just to mm. see how the different parts of the paddock behave. Why don't people drink Riesling? People do drink Riesling. Come on. Are they? Some do. No, come on. Oh, I don't know. Question with that. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of it about. I mean, there's, yeah. there's four it's a, it's a great... If you if you really dig it and if you really start to get it, um, you can. there's some great bargains out there. And we could probably say in the very quick time we've got, there are sort of two different types of Rieslings. It's a very... You want to discuss that? It's sort of the dry limey. No, yeah, take your time. You think about what you got. No, I'll, I'll just. It's like Cam just asked me a question when I had a mouthful yeah, of wine. But yeah, so you can have the very, very neat as a pin, low alcohol. So yeah, if you're talking limey, limey, gorgeous. And the thing I like about and and can be very dry. The thing that I like about this one is it's a little bit. Uh, I smell fruit. Yeah, there's a, a, a big explosion of fruit. Yeah. It's a little bit rounder on the palate, and there's a bit of residual sugar there, which. We know goes very, very well with some sort of chili type dishes. Yeah, if you've got a bit of heat, it'll be your friend rather than trying to exactly. Um, have it. This is good, and you can go for those. You can go for those. What just that little bit of residual works very, yeah. very well with it. What, what do you think, man? It's good. It's, it's. I would agree. It's, it's pretty clean. Like it's. Yeah. It's. Mm. It's not sort of flinty or it's. It's very easy drinking. No, and I, I think those other varieties and it have given it a bit more roundness on the palate, which mm. will work very, very well with those warmer sort of uh, with those warmer sort of dishes. But there's there's four thousand hectares of riesling planted in Australia, and to give you some sort of comparison, yeah, there's twenty five thousand hectares of Chardonnay. Right. So it's a, it's a, what a, about it's, um, a, it's about a quarter thereof. And what about um, South Blanc? Six and a half. Yeah, right. So that's up oh, there. Okay. There's quite a, I mean, when you look around the uh, Eden Valley, Clare Valley, there's a lot of... There's a huge amount out there. And there's, it's sort of scattered around, mainly southeastern, but there's a, quite a bit of a getting about the place. This stuff expensive? 20 bucks. Wow. That's all right. So get it while it's fresh. Uh, maybe we'll get Maddie to take a, a yeah. photo of it. Yeah, fall on, uh, Which would be good. Get your Google machine um, on. Can you get it from any large... Production limited. Right. That's very, very... Yeah, so shop around. Google Fallen Giants, you'll find it. Cool. We've got a, a couple of seconds left. Have you got a, a favourite Riesling that is um, easy to sort of to get that you can point people to? Oh, Pike, on your own. Uh, Pikes always do pretty good. You can get them at the bigger shops. Um, uh, best Great Western, seriously. Justin Purser does a cracker job, so get on his. But this is so different to the real tight... Acidy and I wish I, I wish I had the other reasons. Mm. I wish I had that we. Uh, I wish I had the other reasoning that we did as a point of comparison. Mm. It is one hundred percent reasoning. It is a pin. It Acid is. you could set your watch by. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! I've been Duncan Buchanan. <laughs>
<laughs> Try the reasoning, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Cammy, before we go, I'm just going to say uh, big ups to John and Emily who picked up the uh, vouchers to the Big Little Baby Bar in Macedon Rangers. And also to Anna and Peter who uh, are off to the Wine and Cheese Fest in Williamstown next week. Speaking of next week. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Rita Ehrlich's going to come in. She's going to talk about the night they invented champagne. No, we're going to talk about historical, about uh, uh, champagne. Um, oh, really? We're also going to have some... Can uh, I come? Yeah, sure. why not? If you're in the area, drop in. You just no, hang seriously. here for the week if you yeah, like. I'm not leaving. Um, uh, Dan Lower on next. Why would you want to leave the radio? Because it's just mm. the, the glide slope for the afternoon is just divine. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, also should mention that um, I think we might put some uh, shots up. Uh, Hannah Dupree from Storm and a Teacup. She knows tea. She yeah. knows tea. Yeah. She knows matcha. And um, I really enjoyed that. And also, we might have to catch up with the Melbourne Salami Fest to find out who won. Yeah, it's on today. That is on right today. Now. So that's mm. on Northcote Town Hall. You might want to get to that. Uh, we should go now because we're over time. We should. Yeah, we will. Download. Matt, you rock. Duncan, you rock you so roll. much. Come back soon. Yes. Bye. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.